Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hi, everybody. I'm Cassidy, one of your Indianapolis Colts cheerleaders, and you're watching the Believe in Colts podcast. Welcome back to Believe in Colts. I'm Lawrence Owen. With me, as usual, is my guy Gerard Powers and special guest Paris Campbell coming in um, for Rodney McLeod on this episode as we discuss the NFL news that has happened this past week. And I want to jump right on into it. We got two quarterbacks that have already been signed. Uh, we got Geno Smith re-signing with the Seattle Seahawks to a three-year 150 Five million, 105. I thought it was 150. Maybe it's okay. It's 105 million. And, oh, Derek Carr, four year, 150 million with the Saints, which might surprise a few people because a lot of people thought that Derek, with the the news that was going out there, was going to the Jets. Uh, Gerard, we're gonna drop it to you first. Uh, your thoughts on these two signings? Uh, first with Gino, I think it's great. I think it's good for the Seahawks. I think Gino in uh, this past season kind of proved like it's his team. Uh, he took advantage of his opportunity. Uh, I think he won uh, Comeback Player of the Year or uh, I forget which mm-hmm. award it was uh, that he won. But uh, it just shows you uh, the type of, I guess, organization the Seahawks have. They're rewarding a guy that went out there and really earned it and uh, did what he's supposed to do and took advantage of his opportunity. And I'm happy for Gino. His uh, his career has been, you know, like like Paris was saying on the last episode, with some highs and some lows. A lot of people counted him out, and uh, you know he just stuck the course. And now he's back on top, and it's good to see. Okay. Oh, real quick, just a, a question: Does this change uh, what the Seahawks do in the draft now that they've re-signed him? Uh, maybe a little bit, but uh, it's still, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm just a believer in if I'm running an organization and, you know, it's, it's certain guys that I want or certain guys that, you know, I just got penciled down. If he's available, I'm going to get, I'm taking him. Uh, so if there's a quarterback out there that, uh, that you like and you're Seattle and you're kind of looking towards the future to where you got three years, essentially that a, a guy can come sit and learn and, uh, and uh, develop under Geno, uh, you know, I'm still taking that quarterback if he's there. Okay. Paris, your thoughts on Geno's contracts re-signing? Uh, what, what did he say earlier? I think he said, they, they wrote me off, but I ain't right back. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy for Geno, man. Uh, and like Rob said, like, he, we've seen the highs and lows in his career. Um, you know, for him to have this day, I'm sure it's special. I'm sure last season was special to him, um, you know, because he probably proved a lot of people wrong, but most importantly, he proved himself right, man. So uh, definitely see him, you know, get get what he wanted. And, you know, also credit to Seattle. Like, you know, he balled out and, you know, they, they respect and pay one of their own, man. So I think it's, it's going to go really well for them. Well, I want to just remind everybody before we go on that Bet Online remains your number one source for all your sports betting this season, whether it's NFL, NBA, uh, MLB, hockey, soccer, whatever, boxing, MMA, you can always find the latest 
team odds, matchup info, and player news, and game trends at Bet Online. Bet Online features live betting, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. We're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite leagues and events. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your rewards. Bet online, where the game starts. Absolutely. Gerard, thoughts on, uh, the, in my opinion, the surprise uh, signing? With- yeah, um, I like it. You know, I like it. Uh, it's just something about New Orleans. It's something about their co- that culture, that organization. You know, they, it's just a different feel. Uh, you know, they're always competitive. They got some pieces in place. Uh, I know the the it was smoke with the New York Jets, but I think it might have been his agents probably uh, you know pushing that narrative a little bit to drive up some money with the uh, with the Saints. You just never know how that worked. Uh, but I bet it was a little bit of you know play playing with that. But uh, but I like it. Derek Carr is already a proven you know guy in this league. You know if he, he's had some success. You know one of the better uh, down the field throwers that we got in this league. And then when you look at you know, the Saints and my, Michael Thomas trying to get back to where uh, everybody knows he can and the other weapons that they got, you know, Kamara and all these guys, they can end up being a dangerous team in a in a division to where there's a lot of uncertainty, you know, with the, the Falcons, the Panthers, the uh, Tampa, you know, it's a lot of uncertainty. So with Derek Carr going to the Saints, it kind of puts them in the forefront uh, of that division right now. Paris? Yeah, man, I agree. Um, and just credit to that supporting cast. Like, I think uh, it's really going to allow Derek Carr to come in there and do what he does. Um, and I think it should be a smooth transition. Obviously, you know, you got uh, Chris Olave, who almost run rookie of the year. Uh, like you said, Michael Thomas trying to get back and come right. Alvin Kamara, uh, it's, it's a great supporting cast. And uh, for Derek Carr, you know, a proven veteran, uh, we know what he's about. We know what he's capable of. You know, I think to, you know, place him right in that offense, man, it, it should only elevate, you know what I mean? And, uh, like I said, young Chris Olave, man, continue to, to elevate him. And, you know, I think they got a good thing going. Yep, I believe so, too. I, I man, Derek Already got split. a good defense. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yep. And, and I mean, as Colts fans, you know, those, those of you that are Colts fans watching this, we know what Derek Carr can do. You know, even against good defenses. We've seen it. <laughs> he, can, he can pick apart a defense uh, quite well. Um, let's talk about – the Dallas Cowboys and the Las Vegas Raiders drop franchise tags on their respective running backs. What? That's something that I didn't expect this offseason. Uh, Tony Pollard and Josh Jacobs gets tagged. Uh, what, what are your thoughts about using the tag on running backs and, 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 and that situation there, Gerard? I'm a, like I said, I'm a big believer. You don't let good players walk out that building, man. You got to do what you got to do. If that's, you know, going to cost you a little hefty price with the franchise tag or whatnot, you got to do it from a business standpoint. I mean, you want your best players to to have your jersey on at the end of the day. So Josh Jacobs, you know, probably had the best season uh, this past season at the running back position. And, and Pollard, you know, from the jump, been letting everybody know that he's a running back number one and he wants to get paid as such. So uh, if you're the Cowboys, you got to do whatever you got to do to just keep, you know, your best players in the building. So I don't blame him at all, especially for those two guys. Yeah. PC? Yeah, man, I absolutely agree. Uh, starting with Tony Pollard. Uh, man, what a season he had. Like, every time you turn on the Cowboys game, he was flashing across the TV. So, uh, also, I, I feel like 
if you got players that you know, you know, they're proven, they continue to show it each and every year, they're consistent, like you just can't let them walk out the door. Um, and then on the other side of it, I think for Tony Pollard, you know, you know, he got injured at the end of the year last year. Um, I think it's in his benefit that he did get franchise tag because, um, you know, going into free agency, you know, who knows what would have happened. You know, some teams aren't that lenient when it comes to those injuries and, you know, they're not necessarily sure how he's going to come back. Um, so I think, you know, both sides, that's a win-win when it comes to the franchise tag for Tony. Um, and then talking about Josh Jacobs, uh, like Gerard said, he had the best season, you know, at the running back position this year. Um, and, you know, if they would have let him walk into free agency, somebody was going to definitely give him some money. So uh, I think, you know, it was smart by the, by the Raiders to tag him as well. Well, I mean, the Giants still have a tag to use. They got till 4 p.m. today to use it, and they're kind of in a conundrum right now, you know, trying to work out a contract with Daniel Jones, who apparently wants $45 million. And the Giants are like, uh, come on, dude. Um <laughs> And then, of course, you got Saquon Barkley sitting over there, you know, another running back that they could, it, you know, use that tag on if they can get this Daniel Jones contract uh, situated. Because you you talk about Josh Jacobs hitting free agency, getting paid. I'll guarantee you, I'm pretty sure Saquon's going to get paid too, right? What's the, what's the, what's the tag for uh, running backs? I think it's like 10, 10 point, 10.05 okay. or something like that. So I just seen it not too long ago. So another thing, how it goes, Lawrence, when it comes to free agency and the market, you know, the value of these guys and what Paris is about to go through, his value and, you know, uh, just what it is. When you get franchised, it kind of sets the market as well. So, like, if the franchise tag is $10 million for running backs, now the Giants is looking at – Saquon, like, you know, yeah, you might was talking 14, 15, but this is what it is now. And then when you look at Daniel Jones and they got two two of their best players or superstars that's both up for contracts, and then, boom, you see Derek Carr, and it's just like, hey, that's 35. Like, we know you had a good year, but Derek Carr, like, because they put everybody in tears. You know, your tier one, tier two, you know, that type of thing. So we're like, hey, Daniel, yeah, the market, we thought it was going to be this, but this is actually what it is now. And that's the gamble uh, that that you take sometimes when you're a player going into free agency. Rather, you got a team deal that you're sitting on or you want to take your chips in the free agency and bet on the market because that's what you're betting on. You're betting on the market. You're hoping that these guys sign the highest of the highest contracts and all those type things because when you're up and you're in that same tier, that becomes your bottom line at the end of the day. So you're starting to see these numbers jump out of here in these reports, and it, uh, it's pretty much going to set the market on certain positions on, you know, what it is. Was it a mistake? Kansas City Chiefs is not going to tag Orlando Brown. He's going to make free agency. Mm. Is that a mistake by the Chiefs? In my opinion, yes. In my opinion, yeah. just off of like, if if I'm the Chiefs, I'm thinking like, man, we're we're in the middle of something special. Like, we're not done. We're not finished by any means. Like, you know, the last five years, we like it's our era. You know, like people are gonna talk about this, you know, down the road or whatnot. Whoever your core pieces is, I feel like you got to keep your core, man. Paris, I tell you, every year is a new year. Whether you win it two times in a row, three times in a row, or don't win it at all. Every year, it's a new year, new grind, new chemistry that has to be made. Uh, just, just stuff that really matters when it goes into playing on Sunday. Stuff that 
that don't get accounted for, uh, you know, that, that you just know as a player once you've been in them locker rooms. And I feel like once you lose somebody like a prominent piece like Orlando Brown, you know, it can be like a trickle down effect because you see Frank Clark is uh, he's hitting free agency. He's mm -hmm. been a big part of that. You know, and we're talking about two pieces that, you know, been staples for this team. But I also, you know, thought Tyron Matthew was a staple and these guys let him walk and they turn around and go back and win it again. So yeah. you just never know how it's going to go. Paris, your thoughts on Orlando Brown hitting free agency? Is, is this a, do you think that that's a mistake to let a franchise left tackle walk? I mean, yeah, man, I, I, I honestly do. I think it's tough too because uh, the big thing that jumps out to me on that situation is like, how many times do you see, you know, a, a franchise tackle hit the market? You know what I mean? Usually these guys are getting extended or franchise tag, like, how, like that, it's not too often that we, that we see that in the league. So um, it was surprising to me to see that they're not using that tag. Um, you know, I don't, I don't know what their plans are. You know, they also got Juju Smith-Schuster here in free agency. Like, who, what, who knows what's going on in the building, what the, what the talks are like. But uh, you know, you know, come March fifteenth, you know, they're gonna see Orlando Brown's name. Some, some teams gonna see that name, and you know, it's gonna be all over him. But uh, you know, just credit to what Gerard was saying. Like, you want to have your you know your cornerstone pieces on the team like for the long haul and every year like that it's true like i don't care who won the super bowl last year like you gotta come back into the locker room you gotta come back in otas prove it each and every day you gotta build that team chemistry because it's always moving parts it's going to be new pieces um you know so you want to have guys that have done it know the program know the franchise like you gotta have those pieces so it that that was a little strange you know to see that they're not going to tag them and I saw Hartman. They they said they was prepared for Hartman to uh, reach free agency as well. And yep. he's kind of – his last four years, even though it might not have been as, uh, I guess, impactful as, say, a Tyreek Hill or something like that, but he's become a staple of that offense oh, yeah. to where he's accounted for. So, I mean, McCool, McCool's that burner. I mean, you got you, you to gotta be able to, you know, respect that speed on the field, you know. So, uh, that's that's a situation right there. Um <laughs> he kind of allows the offense to kind of open up a little bit so that the safeties, you know, the safeties, you got to keep them back when you got that kind of speed on the field. Right. I mean, Paris knows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Nah, you like he, he, he is that for them. You know, when, when defenses, you know, scouting the chiefs throughout the week, they definitely talk about McCole. Like yep. when they got that speed on the field, you know, it, it keeps you honest. It keeps you honest. That's for sure. Absolutely. Now, uh, since we were talking about the franchise tag, I just want to get some uh, thoughts on the franchise tag in general. A lot of players and former players, coaches have spoken up about the franchise tag. Now, obviously, we understand this is used for the franchises. to. It's supposed to be used to be able to, you know, extend a guy on there to get a contract filled uh, when, when you're not close. But it it can be used for devious reasons as well. Um, and a lot of players and former players don't like the franchise tag and want it gone. What are your thoughts guys on, on, on the franchise tag and if it's a good idea or if, or if the NFL should just get rid of it, Gerard? Uh, I do think teams use it as a, I don't want to say like a prop, like they use it to their advantage. If that makes sense. I don't think, um, Paris made a good point with, uh, with Tony Pollard's situation, you know, Tony Pollard's hurt right now, you know, well, in this, in, you know, a season ending injury, injury, that was tough. 
And uh, normally going into free agency, they hold that against you to where your your value would have been, you know, this amount of money. But, oh, now you're hurt. Now it's this amount. So uh, for them to do that, for him, that they're committing to paying him top dollar for the running back market for at least that one year. Now, from a player perspective, if you're healthy, you don't want the franchise tag just off of the strength of there's no security in it. You know, yeah, you're going to it's guaranteed for that one year. But if you go out there and OTAs and something happened to you to where now you can't, you know, hit the market after this one year and still have that same value, it's going to hurt you as a player and could potentially uh, derail your career a little bit, uh, depending on the circumstance or the situation on how it plays out. Uh, because from a player standpoint, we want security. You know, we want long-term deals. We want guarantee money and long-term deals uh, at the end of the day. And the, uh, and the franchise tag, even though you're guaranteed to make a lot of money, that one year can uh, can be kind of scary to where you're almost not even being yourself just off of if one thing happened, it can derail a bunch of things, bunch of other things. So, PC. Yeah, man, uh, 100% agree. Um, just talking about the security part of it, like, yeah, it, it's cool. You get to make this top dollar for this year. But like Gerard said, like, as a player, you want to be somewhere where, you know, longevity is, is real. You know what I mean? And you don't want to just be shopped around after that one year. And, you know, something happens, like you said, something bad happens. And now it's like, well, you know, we gave you this money last year, but now we can't help you. Now you got to hit the market and, you know, guys aren't going to pay that much money. So um, I think it's tough. Uh, I, I do think that it's in the benefit of, of franchises in some situations. Obviously, the Tony Pollard situation, I think it goes hand-in-hand with both parties. Uh, but some situations, like, you know, for Lamar, let's let's talk about Lamar. Like, he's been working on this. He, he's been trying to get this contract done for, you know, how many months now? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's, like, it's, it's been crazy. <laughs> and, you know, the fact that they can just – okay, let's just franchise tagging because we haven't been able to get the done the deal done for this long. Um, you know, I think that's unfair to the player. Um, I think Lamar has proven so much and he's done so much for that organization, man. Like, like let's, let's pay our guy. You know what I mean? Let's, let's pay our guy. Um, so in situations like that, I just, I think it's unfair. And I think it's, it's almost detrimental to, you know, a player's career. And you don't, you, you don't uh, see this very often, but I, I, I do have a question. I'm sorry, Gerard. You don't see this. Almost never, but uh, fans talk about it all the time. Tag and trade, you know, and you know, situate. They, they've been talking about it. Let's say with Lamar Jackson, right? A tag and trade. Uh, do do players fear situations like that at all? I mean, so it's certain stuff that you can't. You know, when it's out of your hands, you almost just gotta have a mindset of, you know, I'm only gonna control what I can control. You know, like you might not like certain decisions or, or certain situations or certain possibilities or, or whatever the case may be. But you and your your team or you and the guys that's working with you uh, when it comes to that stuff, just got to have a plan for it all. You know, and then then you as a player are going to have to be willing to just accept the things that you have to accept. Uh, but when it comes to like a tag and trade, I have I don't know anybody personally that's been through uh, anything like that. But I would assume if somebody was to get tagged by a team and traded, they're trading to a team that's willing to give that person a long term deal uh, as soon as they get there. Uh, but I, I wouldn't um, necessarily think that a team would, you know, trade for a guy just to have him one year uh, either. 
uh, because it's still going to be the same situation at the end of the day. And then if you do uh, tag and trade a guy and the other team is just going to stick with the tag, then you're talking about somebody like Lamar that has to learn an entire new offensive system. You got to get certain players around them. It's just so much that you have to do when it comes to certain positions to where it's just like, no, we need this guy here for the next eight years or whatever the case may be. But talking about the tag, the one person I know that the tag benefited and it worked out well because he bet on himself was it's Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins got tagged twice. You know, he bet on himself as a starter the first time, came back, did it again. So now going forward, this is how cha he changed the game that I don't think he gets credit for. Going forward, so far, I think every contract he had, so his last deal was like a three-year deal, four-year deal. I forget what exactly what it was, but it's fully guaranteed. So now when he goes to the table, he's like, look, my last three or four deals that I've had, you know, including the franchise tax, has been guaranteed deals. So him going forward, it can benefit him. So now when he goes to the table for a new deal, he's not taking nothing unless it's a fully, you know, guaranteed type of contract. Or at least that's his leverage uh, uh, per se. I don't think that gets talked about enough because he could have uh, – like started a little trend or, or maybe possibly been the face of something new type business uh, situation because you, know, you just don't see the franchise tags work out in somebody's favor like that. As at the quarterback position, you get franchised one time. And like he the one that set the quarterback market at mm -hmm. one point. You get franchised one time. I think it was 30 million. Then the next year was like 38. I mean, I forget, I forget the exact numbers, but at that time it was like the highest. And I was just like, dang, Kirk Cousins and hit him over. They like he figured out <laughs> he figured out the matrix. Like he he got yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the tag does work out in in players' benefits and players and teams when there's definitely mutual interest. Look at Dak Prescott, right? I mean, there was the mutual interest there, and that he got tagged that one year, and they just needed that extra year to to, to work out the numbers between them, right? And they ended Not up getting the money that he wanted. Yeah, I thought I think Dak got tagged, but but signed like, like within that sign. He didn't get franchised for the entire year. Yeah, I think right. it it happened later that year. Like yeah. like well, it it extended, right? No, but yeah. no, but it, it extends. But that's what I'm saying. A lot of times when it comes to the quarterback position, they'll tag a guy if they haven't reached a deal, knowing that they're in the process of making this deal mm -hmm. happen. They just need yeah. longer longer time. It's yeah. the dates that put the tag like in the media front per se like this march 15th date like that's the thing like oh man we need longer time let's just tag them now and we'll get the deal done in june we'll get the deal done in july because yeah. in, the t in the tag situation there's, there's no bonus or no signing bonus like you only get paid once the season start rather than if you sign a five-year deal you might get 60 million on pun of like soon as you sign the contract so that's the yeah. difference when it comes to the franchise tag and a long-term deal Okay. Far as in the guarantees. Yeah. Okay. Paris, yeah. I got I got a question for you. Who is the fastest defender you've ever played against? Fastest defender. Sheesh. Everybody, everybody fast. <laughs> Everybody's fast. Oh man. Uh to be honest with you, it's a uh it's a it's a Colts in-house name, uh Isaiah Rogers. Uh, um Bro, like he 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 has wheels now, and uh, you know I think, you know I, I got I got beef with fast corners because I, I always feel like fast corners that know they're fast, they 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 play to that strength, man, and you know they like to play underneath a lot. So you know I I got beef with fast corners because they I feel like they cocky on the field. <laughs> <laughs>
Last question I got for you. Now, I asked you about wide receiver you, and I think the other school that can make, you know, that argument is Bama as well, you know, with the, the group of guys that they have. Uh, how would you stack the two programs when it comes to that position? I know you're an OSU guy. You, don't, you want all these recruits to, to shoot over there, but if they, they had to choose between OSU and Bama, why would they choose OSU? Um, you know, honestly, I think, I think the tide is turning. Um, and it, it's nothing that, you know, I'm not trying to say that, you know, the Bama players are all old, but I just think like the new day and age, like when you see the, the receivers that's, you know, that's top of the league or that's, you know, going off every week, it's an Ohio State player. I mean, and, you know, we got a lot of young guys. I think uh, right now, you know, Michael Thomas is working on getting back, but he, he's kind of the guy that kind of started the the young guy trend of, you know, receiver you and kind of resetting the name and, you know, resetting the idea that we are receiver you. And, you know, obviously we've seen Terry McLaurin get paid. Uh, we've seen him make his first all pro or yeah, his first all pro, his first pro bowl. Like um, the, the tide is turning. Then you got young guys, Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, rookie of the year, um, you know, just stacking up all these guys and not, not even, you know, getting into, you know, the Chris Carter's of the world or the Joey Galloway's of the world. I didn't even get that deep, but I just think, you know, just within these last few years, I um, mean, you throw in myself, you throw in Curtis Samuel, you throw in Noah Brown with the Cowboys. Like, we got we got guys that are in the league starting, contributing, um, and helping organizations out, man. And I'm excited for, you know, what's to come. You know, we got JSN in the draft, uh, who I think is, you know, one of the coldest things to walk through Ohio State. And then we got Marvin Harrison Jr., who is – the best college football receiver right now. So, um, you know, I just think the the resume that we're building for ourselves, it, it makes a strong case. Absolutely. Um, we, we discussed um, a little bit earlier about, obviously, you know, Tony Pollard and his injury situation. Last week we had uh, special guest Brandon Graham on who, you know, had his injury problems as well and didn't start his career off the way he wanted. Um, I have a question. I'm actually going to drop it here uh, off of Twitter. Um, and the question is actually a pretty interesting one. Was there a moment where you felt like you were really back from the injury? And was you able to, you know, uh, get over the the mind thing where, you know, you're maybe trying to play it safe on the field because of, you know, the, the injury thing? Um, yeah, so if I, if I had to pinpoint a time, I would say, um, after my second year, um, so my second year, second week of the season is when I tore my MCL and PCL. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so coming back from that, um, coming into camp my third year. So if you guys remember, Zach Pascal was our slot receiver at the time. So I was, you know, I was coming back and I had to, you know, kind of reinvent myself. I had to find a, a different role. Um, so during that, that camp, I was playing outside receiver the, the entire camp. Um, and to have one, you know, I played a little bit outside, but not, you know, full time and not, you know, that wasn't my primary position, but have, so having to learn a new position that camp and still, you know, try to make plays and make the team while coming back from an injury, it was tough. It, it was really tough. And I had to, you know, learn to trust my knee. I had to learn to, you know, be myself all over again, how to, you know, move, how to run routes, like all this stuff. So uh, I think that year for me was a little, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I was scared or I wasn't timid, but it was like, I needed, you know, a bunch of reps, a bunch of practice reps, a bunch of game reps to kind of feel like I was back to myself. Um, and one thing that I always say 
it's it's gonna sound weird, but I always say like you got you I think you have to go through like two serious injuries to feel like yourself again. And what I mean by that is so when I went through my knee, um, like I said, like coming back after that, like I just felt like it was tough and I felt like it was just so hard to get, you know, back to myself. But if you guys remember, you know, week six, uh, my third year, that's when I broke my foot. Mm-hmm. Um, and literally after I broke my foot, like going into that rehab, like I felt like I could conquer the world. Like I felt like nothing was as hard as I just as I just did. Like nothing is ever going to be as hard as that knee rehab and getting back from that. Nothing. So like going into that, like I was confident. Um, you know, I, I was confident in my strengths to, you know, just push through whatever, you know, was to come with the foot rehab and like getting back on the field after rehabbing my foot, I felt like I was myself again. You know what I mean? And I felt like there was no reason for me to be scared because I just went through the hardest thing already. So um, I think those, those like going through those two injuries was two totally different things for me, but it allowed me to get back to who I was, if that makes sense. Yeah. So basically, you know, if you had advice for someone that's having these kind of issues out there in the NFL, make it through that first injury and then you're good to go. I, as I really, I really think that that is true because for, for people that go through, you know, serious and chronic injuries, like once you like, don't, don't give up after that first one, man. Cause like you find out so much stuff about yourself, like about adversity really makes a man. It makes a player. Like, so you really find out like, okay, I, I really can't conquer this. I really can't overcome this. Like this isn't the end of me. Um, and I, I think, you know, you know, some guys have to learn that, you know, the hard way through injuries. Okay. Well, appreciate you guys. This was another episode of Believe in Colts going over the general NFL, uh, brought to you by Bet Online with myself, Gerard Powers, Paris Campbell. And until next time, have a good one. Do you believe? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.